You're listening to the Business Secret Podcast. The podcast is a chance for some of Wales' finest upcoming and established business owners to share the story of their business journey. Hosted by the team here at Penguin, our guests talk in depth about how they got to where they are today, offering invaluable advice on marketing, challenges, and the highs and lows of life as a business owner. If you like what you hear, then don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a comment across our socials. You can download your free copy of the book, The Business Secret, direct from our website on www.penguinwealth.com. The book is written for business owners by business owners, offering invaluable tips on time management, work-life balance, how to pick the right team, and so many more activities and tips to get you on the right track. We'll be in work on Monday. It's all a big sort of storm in a teacup. And then by 9am Monday morning, we did really written, done a full sort of comms plan of how we were going to tell the team that they weren't going to be working in the office as of Friday at 5pm. Um, we'd done announcements to clients and all the rest of it. So I think it changed the, the pace of change was pretty ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for us, I think it started first off, the first thing we started thinking about was sort of safety of our team um, and, and clients because we get a huge amount of visitors to the office. So we were sort of looking at it and going, well, it was that decision of going, we're not formally being told yet that we need to sort of distance or do certain things. So, so I think 16th was a week before the full formal lockdown announcement or that week of. Yeah. So we were a few, we were a few days before that and, and we sort of thought initially maybe is that a bit aggressive, but then we sort of think it's, do you have to come around to the sort of wellbeing point of it and go, well, actually, is there any, you know, what, what's the point of adding when we can go remote and when we can do everything over webinar and we've been using this technology for a while. So we are sort of quite familiar with it. Um, why do we need to put people's health at risk basically so we that was the first thing and then sort of I guess from there it started to cascade out so what, what will clients need from us so at that point we hadn't really seen a huge amount of um, noise coming from my client base it, it that started maybe towards the end of that week um, and then the following week that you know, much more noise um, uh, and then the final bit then probably more was start to think about like, how, you know, what are we going to, how are we going to have to adapt? So like, you know, even though we're pretty familiar with the technology, it doesn't mean that it was just sort of stuck. It was business as usual in terms of being able to deliver our core services, yeah. but we do like a huge amount of um, stakeholder work and discovery meetings. And we, we have projects that, you know, quite, quite important to us making sure that we've got like sort of a robust level of income over the next couple of months that needed to start, but they were, bit sort of um hinging on like group group workshops and and sort of event typically sort of people-based event kickoff meetings that we would do um so we had to quite quickly figure out like, how we're going to adapt that how we're going to adapt to being able to be in a room with a whiteboard and post-it notes and sort of the things you'd have to do interacting with people and how can we make sure that we can get the same value for the client and sort of carry on that service so we, we don't manage to do it i mean thank you i, I, I you know i am that was uh, that was lumbered onto some other people um, who, who have to run those sessions, but they've done a great job of it. Um, and we've we've had those things have stopped been running probably for about two or three weeks now. Yeah. So, and how's it affected uh, business? Um, so I, I mean, in terms of um, we it, we saw quite a sort of big shock factor in the first couple of weeks, like I said. So um, March, March and April for us were relative, I'd say, relatively normal. I mean, in terms of we had enough work, project work in the, we're a type of business where we don't, we don't sort of work hand to mouth. We often have, you know, we, we typically have a, a, a large number of projects um, and probably like a, a varying percentage of a bit of backlog of work just be, because, uh, because you've got new project work, you've got ongoing um, 
uh, support and, and improvement work as well as retainers. So there's that sort of whole mix. Um, so I think we had, a, thankfully had enough. Um, we've done enough, annoyingly sort of March, February, March, April, uh, February and March up until the 16th. March would have probably been our record month ever, or our best month ever if we'd carried on for the second half of that month. We'd, we'd done Target, I think, by about the 6th of March or something. So we were sort of like, it was looking pretty healthy and we'd had a good few, built, few months building up to that. Um, but thankfully, those, those months of then all the work that we've been winning and, and things that we've been securing have, have kept the team busy over March and most um, through to, to, to now April. Um, I think new business was the biggest sort of, that got hit the, the most. So I, I had a, a number of inquiries on a day-to-day -day basis dropped by about 95% for the first, I'd say for the first four weeks. So we, we still had sort of dialogue. I think we were lucky again that we had some conversations that already progressed to a point where they were sort of invested. So they didn't want to, they didn't, um, they didn't all just disappear. Um, we had a couple that were put, uh, put on hold, a couple of things that were put on hold. Um, and we had a, a quite a big, uh, our biggest hit department, I guess, is that we have a marketing team that runs sort of um, uh, campaign strategy and ongoing activity for people. Um, on a month you know, on a monthly retainer type basis so we had quite a lot of people um some in sort of travel tourism type markets where they you know they were hit hit quite quickly um so they 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 those sorts of retainers were paused and frozen and a few projects were paused of, of that sort of nature so um that was hit quite hard but what we found subsequently is that um and we said this, we were sort of, I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was a brave prediction for me, but I said all along that, that you know, as the weeks would go by, people would, one, become a little bit more comfortable with the current situation, but two, would start to, you know, they, they would start to realise that we can't all just literally do nothing, because if we all literally did nothing, then, you know, like, you know, we'll, we'll sort of speed up the, the economic crisis that we're going through rather than sort of stave it off. Yeah. So I think... Um, yeah we found we found now that a few of those things that were paused have now started to have already come back into the pipeline and reignited um a couple of projects that was were they, they weren't they were sort of maybe just about to start that sort of thing and they said oh well we're going to wait and see what happens and then now two or three weeks on from that they've started to say okay right we're ready we're ready now we're, we're now sort of starting to plan for uh to be doing some sort of business to normal levels again in june or july or, or september or august august or september um, just to, it's just varying for each client. Um, Nicola's asked. Yeah, we, talk, Nicola was asked then what you were talking about moving everything from home and still running these sessions. Do you say what systems are you using for the interactive whiteboard sessions? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know is the honest answer. I'm not sure whether they're even actually. I don't. I don't think that the process is completely mirroring that. Um, I think they're. Um, they just had to change the format. But I'll find out, Nicola, and I can share that afterwards on on, on the comments. Um, or get get Craig to send that around. Um, I think um, primarily, I mean, so, some of them just haven't been able, there's a couple of things where we just haven't been able to mirror it because you'd have some, some of the work we were doing was stakeholder research work where we were going out to their customers yeah. and they just said, well, we can't be, we can't be, um, the, the point of it was in certain circumstances was to have that group discussion mentality. So, you know, we've, we've, we've been able to run some of them, but where they were sort of truly interactive or having to specifically use certain bits of kit and stuff we've had to we've had to um uh maybe make different plans for those but yeah if i i, I don't think we're doing anything over a web and that is specifically a whiteboard if that makes sense okay well, this is back on. 
isn't it? I just haven't learned how to draw on it very well yet. Um, well, on the, on the uh, when you're in the pool, anyway. So, what have you done? What have Spin Dogs done differently marketing wise? How have you shifted things? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, th I think this is an interesting question. I mean, I, I think if you ask star marketing manager Emily, she'd, um, she'd probably aged by about 10 years, I'd say, in the last four weeks. Just because, not because of necessarily there's been huge demands from us for her to do more, more or less stuff, but just the frequency and pace of change and, and how we've had to react to things has, um, has, just, been, has just been nuts. So I, I think, um, but I think there's an interesting point around this when you get into, we get, as we start to get into the sort of marketing, side, uh, marketing topic is that what, you know, I've been sitting on loads of other webinars and con contributed to a few as well. And I think the thing that's interesting is that, that from a marketing perspective, this is sort of hitting everyone. You know, we're not seeing two, we're not talking to two clients or two types of businesses where it's hit them in the same way or, or, or they're reacting in exactly the same way. It's completely different for everyone based on a whole multitude of reasons and layers, uh, you know, whether of how it's um, affected the business, whether that's sales stopping or, you know, maybe a big clients have to stop, stop paying them or there's all these different reasons. Um, but I think for us historically, um, and hopefully a few that I recognize a few of the names on the list of the attendees. So some of them hopefully would recognize this when I want to explain it is that we've, we've never really adopted a what I want to say a, a standard marketing approach. I, I mean, that sort of like straight spray and pray sort of just doing, make, making noise and just pushing people towards standard web page type marketing approach. We've always been quite heavily focused on, um, sort of offering offering value first um sort of that foot in the door mentality if you depending on what book you've read or there's like a thing by, by gary vanachuk called um uh, jab jab hook where it's sort of you're you're putting out sort of bits of content and offering um small pop, uh, bits of consultancy to to show value and build build rapport with yeah. people before you before you get them as clients so we, we've been doing that for many years really uh, in different formats so actually the shift to where i think people need to be now and where i'm seeing the good examples of people being now um didn't take a huge amount for us we've just wrapped it up so that's what i mean by and so we've been doing way more we've got um we had a we do like a free audit normally there's some sort of either web audit or seo audit on our site most of the time um we that was turned off temporarily um for some reason because we were running some other sort of campaigns so we turned that back on uh, we've switched all, we have a training academy. So we do, um, we release dates quite regularly for sort of SEO, social PPC, all the, the sort of specific tactical digital marketing sessions for a couple of hours, uh, the sessions normally they are a few hundred quid. We've, we've released those, um, um, for free to everyone for, for during the lockdown period. Um, and then we've had our own events program in terms of obviously digital events, but like, um, webinars and, um, and training stuff that we've been running on top of that as well. Um, so the, the sort of the essence of what we were doing in terms of the message and that sort of offering that value first approach didn't change. Um, I guess just the frequency and the, the specific uh, focus and how we're getting it out to people has changed slightly. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, so um, for us, I mean, we, we I think we signed last week. We signed our first client that was a completely new cold lead through the approach since we locked down. And they, they came off they came off the back of an audit, so that's a good example of how I mean we were doing that anyway I've said before, but um, it shows how that stuff works but I, but I think the, the sort of reason why I've gone into the broader picture there is that I think I probably have this come back conversation with with clients every new client we meet and certainly existing clients when they'll say oh look, what can we be doing to 
to get more. I mean, I remember I was talking to Claire the other night and I was saying, I remember uh, talking to you about saying you should do videos and webinars years ago, saying that you should be doing that type of stuff and obviously doing a really good job of that now. Um, um, but I think it's the type of that, that sort of white paper content, um, guides, toolkits, audits, all the things that take a little bit of time and effort, whether that's, and that's not necessarily all just from a marketing person, that could be from some other expertise within the business. Yeah. Are typically the things that get met with the most resistance when you're talking to people about sort of strategic tactics. So often the, the easiest option is to switch back to, I oh, will just do like a small paid campaign, just chuck people to a standard service page on our website and hope that they sign up and hope they're interested. Um, so I th actually think that you know, now th these tactics that where and where people should be moving to aren't new. Um, it's just now that they're more important than ever because sort of the, the old way of just hoping, you know, like I called it earlier, spray and pray and hoping people will just find you and um, you make enough noise, you, you'll get you'll get enough opportunities. It, it's sort of it's not um, relevant in the current situation. What do you see so that people can get some value and some ideas from this? So what do you see others do that's working quite well in the last six weeks that they've, they've pivoted, changed their marketing approach or done something innovative? Um, I think, I mean, it's really difficult. Because I, I was, I was just, you mentioned this as a potential question before we sat down. And, um, and, we, and we've been specific. We had a call. We, we ran a, a webinar. We have like a thing called uh, Marketing Club, which is internally, which is like a few, we, we have, offer it to... Um, Client into clients of a, of a certain size with certain setups within their marketing team, where we just do like a as we have a speaker or one of us will speak on a topic and we'll have like an hour together and it's 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 primarily therapy for marketeers. So, uh, but it's it, we, we did one um, we had one scheduled just for the week after we all locked down and we did we ran it anyway and just did a sort of like how is everyone getting on how is it affecting everyone, um, and. We said then, like, you know, everyone, we went away from there as a group, about eight of us who joined the call. And we all said, look, can we all go away and keep an eye on good examples and, and bad examples and bring them to the tables for when next time we sit down in months, six weeks' time? Um, and I think outside of the, the things that I, I've said, I mean, like, in terms of, um, I think I haven't got any specifics of like this company is doing a good job um, of, 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 of with a specific campaign, but I think there's a lot of, what the main thing I'm seeing the shift in is a lot of people sort of switching to the we're here to support, we're here to help, that sort of empathetic um, angle. Um, but my observation, so that there's a lot of, you will all have seen those examples, I'm sure. Um, I think, but the, I think it's show the key that seems to be missing is your, people aren't showing, you know, specific, being specific or showing people how. So they're not saying, here's this piece of content of how you can do something or here's this, um, here's this work, you know, here's this specific toolkit that you can use that we've developed and it's really useful for this time. There's, there are examples of that, um, but they're, they're way less frequent. Um, but he's on the call actually, but one person who, uh, assuming it's the same, so I can't see you, I assume it's the same Steve Lobley. Um, but Steve is, uh, um, is someone that we've worked with in the past who um, has helped us with some sort of leadership management training and some sort of um, uh, some, some, some stuff that we were going through last year in terms of uh, like a strategic change and drive a direction for growth last year. Um, and he's been sending, he's a good example of rather than sort of just, he's been posting stuff and doing sort of articles and tips and stuff on social. But in my inbox, I get, I got it, I think yesterday or the day before, which was, um, it's like a, just a constant commentary of things to be thinking about and um, things he, you know, collated that he's seen around, um, 
uh, effects that he's either seen on existing clients or um, ways that um, that he knows other business owners or, or people are being impacted by this. And that some of that is strategic about how you're managing your team and leading your team. And some of it is um, personally you know, how you're dealing with homeschooling your kids, you know, as a business owner or whatever. Um, so that, that's a really nice example, I thought. Yeah. Anything else you see in that people can borrow from that's really working well or? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, there's, um, I've seen a few examples of people, there's, there's a few people are doing quite clever stuff around sort of just changing and pivoting what they're doing. So, I mean, in terms of, um, in terms of the messaging, I don't think there's, there's much you can do right now other than just be really authentic and, and honest about your approach to stuff. You've got to be empathetic to the situation. It doesn't mean you can't sell. It doesn't mean you can't, um, promote that what you're doing adds value and will help customers. Um, like I said, it's, it's just got to be a bit more thought through than it was maybe like six months ago. Um, but we've, we've seen um, people like, I mean, some venues, lots of venues we're working with switch into the whole online de delivery model. And that seems to be working quite well. And they're all doing sort of um, uh, t tips and video, video sort of content where they're doing um, Insta, Insta videos on how to, you know, certain recipes or uh, how to make cocktails and that type of thing. So there's this sort of, that switch to that engagement piece. Where there's sort of there's not maybe a, for some if they're doing the online delivery service where they can actually still generate some revenue great but others where they where they can't and they are completely locked down still um they're sort of trying to keep that engagement piece with their customer base over this period so when it does release and, and then we can get back into um into um normal life that they, they they've they've got um back on that they've maintained that level of dialogue yeah some credit um, bank, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that I was one of the things I wrote down earlier was like that pay it forward type approach. That's hundred percent. You know, you can't. Obviously, I'm big into the whole whole measurement of marketing activity, but you know, right now it's like there's there's going to be things that you're doing and laying down right now that are purely for you know three four months time when people start to come back around to things. Um, to, so to, if I had um, a normal so if someone had a marketing budget now, where would you advise they spend it? Um, it's really it's a horrible question, thank you, Craig. Um, because primar primarily, but primarily because it's just totally different for everyone. And I think sort of me doing my empathy bit that I've just talked about, um, you know, like for some clients, they they don't have a budget right now, so they they just it's just been frozen completely. Um, I think uh, the majority of people that we've had budget with that um, have kept it. Uh, who has sorry had budget spend with us that have kept it they've switched a lot of it away from um sort of like a generic paid any paid models around sort of pay-per-click or social advertising and they've focused it all into content so that's all that value add content piece so i think um making sure that um and i think that some of it spread it splitting away from more outward facing campaign stuff and focusing more internally on clients um so I, I think that's the, one of the things that um, I think is a, a sort of like a slightly missing tr trick with all this is that um, your existing clients are, you know, if, if if you're not already spending a large portion of your marketing efforts and budget on them, um, this is definitely the time that you should be. Um, yeah. So I, I think thinking about, uh, you know, how, how, I mean, examples we've given recently, uh, we've talked with someone at Cardiff University where they, they help promote the alumni, um, uh, the alumni, um, what's, the, what's the word? What is it? Network, I guess. So pe people who donate to the, 
uh, donate to the university for various facilities and and um, and events and that type of thing. So their normal sort of approach would be we host a nice event. It might be a gala dinner. It might be a wine tasting. And we get all these alumni people who've helped us over the years and donated through either a membership type fee or a one-off fee. And we, we entertain them and we make them feel nice and say thank you for the stuff we've done. Um, but one of the things we've been talking to about them is, and, they're, and they're, they're now starting to roll out is actually going, well, they can't do that now for obvious reasons. Uh, so they initially started looking at it from an approach of going, well, actually, what, how can we, um, you know, do we wait until the, uh, the lockdown is slightly lifted and then we do like, you know, people running, walk, doing walking tours around the building, but like seven metres apart or whatever. And it just you know, it didn't really work. So it, rather than waiting for that, we said, well, what, they, they've changed the tactic now to be more focused around, well, how can we, the, the, peeling it back to the un, underlying core principle, which is we're trying to say thank you to the people who've donated. Um, so we, we've talked, we talked about, they're using, I don't know if anyone has heard of this, but there's a tool called Loom, which is like, um, it's like a, it's not a webinar tool, but it's like, it allows you to screen capture what you're doing and it videos your little, your face down in the corner. So if you're doing like a walking tour of a demo of a product or you're talking through a slideshow, it's quite a nice way of doing that because you can see the face in the corner talking and it just sort of humanizes the, the process a little bit. So they're now using existing students who are part of, who are using these facilities that alumni have donated towards and, you, and, and incentivizing them. Um, so rather than using ad spend and, and sort of spending money on events and all the things that would go with that, they're using that to sort of line the pockets of some, um, some uh, well-spoken students, I guess, um, who benefit from these facilities, who are then um, using slideshows of photography and sort of standard stock stuff that they had on, on file, talking through the facility, talking through what the research that they're doing as part of their PhD, and then talking about how um, grateful they are to that specific person about uh, for the donation they made because um, it's helping them with their studies. So that's a really nice example. Um, and then the other one was we've um, is an office uh, fit out provider that we we were talking to. Who, um, they're not actually a client yet, but we just sort of they were on they were part of another call we were um, recently, and they were they were saying they're panicking about what happens, you know, in the the whole new normal thing, which everyone keeps talking about at the moment. Uh, and they were panicking about, well, what do we do? And, you know, we don't know really what that's going to look like and all those sorts of things. So sort of did have a bit of dialogue with her, with them in the background and said, well, look, there's a huge opportunity for you to own that, you know, dialogue and actually sort of think about how you're going to create content around that um, and be almost like a first mover. Because right now there's a huge number of people that are still sort of just in a holding pattern. So I think, you know, there's, there's an old like marketing adage that the first person to say they're the best at something is. Um, so it's sort of like thinking using that principle right now where a lot of their competitors are still sort of either in panic mode or lockdown mode or just not, you know, not quite worked out how they're going to approach. You're still seeing that. You, you are still seeing, I thought yeah. when everyone's, you know, sort of, okay, I can take my product on. I thought, I said, I said on the call yesterday, I thought what BFIT did with the way they quickly went from no online website to something on this website where all the classes and all the extras were on this fantastic website. I thought like everyone by now would have made those jobs, but you're still not seeing that. Not in, not in all sectors, no. I mean, we've seen it quite different. Like it just, like I said, it literally impacts every sector differently, and every business within that sector is slightly differently. So, a lot of our, our clients that are already trading, who or their, you know, their their main business model was e-commerce, um, they all clamped down quite quickly. But they've all found that that stats, all the stats are showing that their business are up, their you know their sales are doing pretty well. Um, so they've all started to come back out of the woodwork. I, I think. Um, We've got um, we've got others who 
you know, I, I don't think they've been necessarily impacted in terms of ongoing workload, but they're just being super cautious. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for us, we don't think the main hit really hits us as a business until um, the work start to hit us until June properly, you know, like properly. So we've, we've had to make adjustments now due to a reduction in new business and some of the things that we've had going on. But we're actually, our main focus is, is about going, well, we need to do everything we can to um, maintain what we're doing right now but, and, and collect as much cash as we can to protect us for you know, maybe June, July, August. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, we're seeing a lot, lot, yeah, seeing a lot of people still in that mode. So anyway, yeah, we just said to them, you know, you need to own that. So she's now they're quite a big provider. With everyone, most of the people on the school would have known. No, I won't mention it because it's not, not, I'm not actually technically doing anything for them yet. So they may not be appreciative of this. But if you search on LinkedIn, you may, you may well come across them. They're a local local um, office fit out company, but they do they do stuff nationally. They've got loads of clients, so they've now put a survey out to all their clients about how they're already thinking. So they're trying to talk to their customers about how they're going to adapt in the future. And then um, they're going to collate all that into almost like a sort of like the future of office space study that we did for, you know, and turn that into a, uh, like a white paper and a download and something they're going to be able to share through social. And then there's all sort of, all sorts of micro bites that they can throw out of, out of that around how people, you know, have specifics about homeworking, um, you know, video content they could create around it and sort of explainers. So yeah. I'm not sure if that was actually a question. I've just gone off on one. I think people are getting value. You talk a lot of different things, and hopefully everyone is interested. You can relate. I mean, one, 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 yeah, sorry, one quick final example. Sorry, mate. One, one quick final example. That, sorry, there's, um, there's a great article that if you search, which I read like right quite early in the, in the lockdown process, which sort of certainly helped my mindset a little bit. It was... Um, it's the, I subscribe to Harvard's, Harvard Business Review, but um, they, they've opened up all their... COVID-19 related content is free now anyway. So if you search for, um, I think the search is something like how Chinese businesses um, were affected by lockdown or something like that. There's a great article, it comes up pretty much top of search whenever I look for it. Um, and it's an article, it gives like 20 examples of how different businesses in China um, adapted or changed through the lockdown and the things that they did. And a great example that I think can apply to if you're in a sort of B2C space or you're, you're like, if you're like in retail and you had a shop, um, it's the Chinese version. I'm not sure they're as big as body shop, but it was a Chinese equivalent to say the body shop where they, um, they were obviously locked down and they, they, they have, instead of just furloughing all their staff, they trained over, over like a week, they trained all their, um, they trained all their normal, um, sales staff within the, within the uh, shops to in, in how to use all they don't it's not instagram over there they've got i can't remember the name of the channel they were using but it's their equivalent to an instagram uh, and whatsapp in china and they train them all on how to use that and effectively become like influencers and gave them all um sort of deal discount codes they could give to their networks and i think they they increased their sales in the month first month of lockdown they increased their sales by 200 percent year on year wow. so still i just thought that was quite you know there's it's just when you, yeah, they didn't necessarily go out to um, spend huge amounts of budget on new marketing campaigns. They just focused on using the people that they had to go. Well, you know, we can we can touch base with people in a slightly different way. And one of our clients is um, is the depot, and they've uh, obviously they just launched a new depot venue, and they and they we were working on a couple of other projects that were in pipeline for them for new venues, and then a few weeks later this hit, so they pivoted straight into they're doing like an online drinks delivery service, I think within a certain radius of the venue now. Um, and I think that's going okay for them. 
but one of you know one of the things that we took from that was what taught them through what what they'd done and they've got a load of their team now using whatsapp and doing the sort of like weekly deals weekly updates and just driving you know seeing really good results in terms of sales sales returns yeah um, i think i do i think that that that's in, that, that piece about um i talked about briefly yes it's all shakes it's quite a few people who went on this call yesterday but um thing I took from a webinar I listened to two weeks ago was if you if even if you're it hasn't affected us in the same way but now is it you said it earlier now is the time to get closer to your existing clients it does then make you question why you weren't closer maybe 12 months but yeah um, if you've been off uh, your business is struggling there's no reason why you can't still offer your network someone else's business someone else's product value add to your client because as you said earlier paying it forward and value add later down the line can only be you know I think um I haven't reached out to your client yet someone you haven't dealt with for a few years, I'd still reach out to them and offer them something else, whether it's offering them your free audit or a free financial review or yeah. Ed's free yeah, I mean, thing, you know, offer, and Nicola's offering free coffees if you just want to chat about business, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Offering yeah. other value adds, even if it's not your specialist, it's certainly worth, uh, hence the reason for this, you know. Yeah, I mean, what we found as well, I mean, I forgot to mention this, but like a lot of our guys, so um, Claire is our client service director and then other members of her team that wouldn't typically be advised, they, they would have client relationships, but they wouldn't necessarily be advising on specifics around social media. We've just sort of put a whole bunch of people who wouldn't normally be on, on, on alert for what people are doing, other clients are doing on social. They're now, we're probably having five to six calls a day or emails a day with people now where we're going, we've seen you're doing this. If you did it very slightly differently, that would actually maybe help, help the result. So there's no, there's no benefit to us. They're not, it's not a paid campaign that we're working on or, or some of them aren't even maybe necessarily active clients anymore. They're just in our network. But we've, um, you know, we, we were just talking about it earlier where she's, um, you know, we've just seen, we saw someone um, who they're a medical supplier. They've just, they, they're, they're actually, they're helping to support with some of the PPE provide, uh, equipment stuff. And they, they posted on it, but it was just nowhere to be seen on their website. They, they did one single, one of the directors has done one single post about it. So, you know, Claire's spoke to them now and given them a load of advice on how to get, make sure there's articles on the site, try and get it seeded out across a couple of other platforms and channels. Um, We've had a question coming from Andrew. He's asked, um, can we get a little flavor of account-based marketing? That would be great. What does this typically look like for organizations? How account-based sales might integrate interface with this? Who's that, Andrew Beer? Yeah, I got no idea what that question means, ah. but I'm assuming you do. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, well, so I think it's a really good question. I, I mean, I didn't. It isn't a loaded question because I know Andrew, but it's a bloody good question. Thank you, Andrew. Um, so account account-based marketing. This is it's not particularly new, um, but it's I guess you know again it's something we've been talking to clients about for many years. But it's one of those things that because of the I don't know what it is. I guess it's the perceived effort and the the potential risk of it that people sometimes, um, or, or like the it's sort of slightly outside of the norm, so it, people don't feel quite comfortable with it. But we've we've been using it with a few clients for the last year um, more actively, and we're seeing really good results with it. So account based marketing is where you specifically it's it's all linked to personalization. So it's where you specifically target a uh, you know a company or a company and the people within that company with a campaign. So um, they they still are an active client, I think, but the people that we work with specifically on this aren't, aren't there anymore. So I don't think it's anything sensitive in what I'm going to say. So I'll just give you the the, the example. But um, they are they I think they're they're like a, the global leader in cash counting and intelligent cash draws for retail. So they do, uh, they're based in Newport, I think the company's called Telemate. Um, so they do the things where you stick a load of note, like the drug dealer things in Bad Boys 2, that sort of thing, where it counts all the money. 
they do those, but they also do this thing, this system where you, it actually counts the money when you put them into the draw and then it sort of syncs up to cloud and it's sort of like life, um, live cash counting. And that's quite, uh, and they're the market, global market leader in it. Um, and they, they obviously, they're, they're clients with a major retailers. So you're, um, you know, Starbucks, you're and anyone that takes cash in a till basically. Um, so we, we ran an ABM campaign with them. Um, and we primarily, you know, it's just sort of a joint effort really with some of their marketing guys because they're the first people that we managed to sort of um, convince to, to have a go at it. Um, but they, they um, we facilitated all of the, the, the online piece of it um, and they, they did the, what I'm going to explain now. So they picked um, three or four different uh, brands. I think the first two they went for, I can't remember one of them. They're like a sort of, I think they're like a, a, sweet, like a sweet shop type chain. And maybe I think the other one was Jack Wills. So they specifically, uh, they did a load of digging around LinkedIn around who the right people were within those organizations in terms yeah. of um, the, 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 the team of people that would procure this type of service and then the specific people within that. And then they, uh, we created a dedicated page on the website, which was off the menu. So no, you couldn't find this by Googling it or anything. You'd have to have the link. And the page was you know, very speci specifically talked to. Uh, they did a couple of variations of it. So some of it was just hijack wills, for example, and as in the brand. Then others was um, high Craig, you know, and talking to specific, the specific person. And then they seeded that and used LinkedIn emails to drive uh, that to people. And then they followed that up with um, like printed campaigns where they really went to town on it. So they, you know, some people I've seen have just done um, sort of tailored brochures or sort of like personalized brochures, which are quite cheap and easy to do now. I'm not talking about huge volumes. Uh, but they actually did that. They did a personalized brochure, but they did the, I don't know if anyone's seen these, but they're, they're like printed booklets, but inside the booklet is like a sort of five inch LCD screen. So you open the book and it actually starts presenting a video to you from, from a brochure. So they really went to town on it. Um, and I think, um, yeah, they were, those units cost about, I think they were about 120 quid a head to print the, the brochures. Um, and, um, Obviously, the video content had to be uh, created, but they had that capability in-house, and the copy was all done by them. Um, yeah, they, I think they, they had a hundred percent success rate for the for their first their first campaign that they did with it. Um, so, I mean, that's just a broad concept, and that's a live example. But um, I, what, we read the question for me. Was it? That's the that's the explainer. It was, you were asking me. Was that? Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Um, that, that's the that, that's the flavour. Um, and that's what it looks like. So I, you know, that's quite an extravagant example where you know they have quite a high return on investment. You know, their customer spend is quite high in return. So they you know they worked out well what's our what's our cost what, what can we um, what's our cost for conversion and what then what can we spend on the activity that builds up to it. Um, you can do that in a way you know there's it's way you can do that in a much much lower key level than that. But it's about um, you know you, one knowing your audience and knowing your customer knowing what you can do for them and the value you can add for them and then tailoring and creating your con all the content that sits within the campaign sitting with that. So we, we've been trialing it recently. We haven't actually, I don't think we were about to launch it before we locked down. So we've just set one up for, we do quite a lot for housing associations, for example. So I think we were going to, um, our marketing team had just planned one for them um, where it was tailored webpage, talking to the specific team or people that we could find within the organization, um, followed up with a, because uh, even if you send that link to someone, it doesn't necessarily mean they're immediately going to open it and immediately ring you up. It's not, it doesn't work like that. You know, you can't, 
you've got to understand that people's sort of intent of when they were ready to have that conversation is just different now. And this, the whole, the, the old sort of historic funnel process, um, you know, people still move through those stages, but they don't move through it in a straight line anymore, do they? You know, if we all think about how we buy anything of value now, you don't, you don't go, um, I need it. I'm thinking about it. I'm buying it. And then, you know, it doesn't happen all in that straight line that quickly. You often will circle around and there's a whole concept, but I think McKinsey did this, which is to do with, um, rather than it being a marketing funnel or a sales funnel, it's a sales pretzel. So you have a few different touch points and you sort of swiggle around there until you're ready to buy. Yeah. yeah. So I think, so you follow it, you follow it up with, um, you typically it's followed up with printed material. Uh, it may take, take a couple of bits of email marketing. Um, but yeah, you know, typically minimally, especially now, I mean, we've actually, when you're being specific to people, it's totally personalized. It's going to get people talking the other end. And we, you know, so the, the people we've seen work and we've done work on it with, have, have worked, it's worked quite well for them in terms of um, minimally getting engagement back. doesn't necessarily mean it's always the right time. I think the Telemate guys got quite lucky that they, they, they'd struck, well, the arm was hot with a couple of the clients, so they onboarded straight away with it. But the, um, you know, the linking to this whole thing right now, I mean, we've actually seen a couple of clients switch back to very, very focused and tailored internal client direct mail. So whereas we wouldn't really do a lot of, we do, if we did direct mail very at the moment, it would be very creative campaign led if we were doing anything like that for an existing client. It's quite rare we do it, but we're actually having a couple of conversations about that now where people are saying, well, everyone's at home. So yeah. why can't I send them something physical? You know, it, it, it might not be as simple as just a letter. It would probably be something a bit more thought through than that. But um, that's yeah, interesting. As, as you've been saying, I've been thinking about someone in my profession who's gone on a big recruitment drive uh, up in Oxford. Oh, well, just past Oxford. He's been doing something like that where he's sending, I think he mentioned iPod, like an iPod, but he's, set, he's picking the target to people he'd like that working for his business. He's sending them a recorded message, a voice message on something they can then keep. It does play the message first of all, come and have a chat and a coffee. We'd like yeah. You know, so I didn't. I, I hadn't heard it referred to as Andrew referred to it as audience yeah. marketing, but uh, well, I mean, just uh, sorry, you've, you've 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 sparked me off on one now, Andrew. So I'm going to keep talking about some other stuff. Sorry, Craig, you have to just listen right. to this now. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the other, just thinking of that personalization thing. I mean, it's the sort of thing as well where where you know you go back to the budget question. Um, it's really hard that that to answer that for everyone. It's just so unique to each person that'll be on this call and anyone else that might be thinking about it. But I think the the key thing I would say is that you, it. You, it's not all right now. It's not all necessarily about you know what you're spending. It's about the time you're investing. So a lot of that can be in content or personalization type approach we just talked about. But one of the things, um, it's not really like a generic marketing tactic, but linked to what Andrew's asked about there, is when we um, you know we're we're a solutions based sell typically. So people come to us with a problem or some sort of objective, we consult with them. Um, we maybe add some value and then we'll finalize what that looks like in terms of a series of activity or, pro or a project. And then we go from there. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that always was bugging me about a year ago was that like we would put all this work and effort often into these documents. And sometimes depending on the format of the way people are buying this, will again be different to everyone on this call, um, is that the format and the way that people buy from you, um, it's sometimes it's a written formal like RFP. Sometimes it's someone rings you up and says, can we have a chat? Sometimes it's someone sends an email and says, can you quote? We, it's, it's, very, it's not always a consistent way and people aren't always as open to speaking to you and listening to what you have to say or understanding maybe some of the variants in a proposal. Um, so when, when you've got, you know, with lots of people, when you're in selling a service, there's, you know, you might say this is 
five grand's worth of services, but it's not as simple as that. If the client wants to do it for four, there's often a way of you making that happen. If they want to, if they, you know, there's all sorts of you know, things that when you, when you get a no and they've not really explored or had a conversation with you, it gets quite frustrating. So what linked to that personalization piece, we, the loom, the loom video app that I mentioned earlier, if you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. It's like, um, it's free, uh, it's a free account and you can, unless you want to brand it all up and I think then it's like $11 a month and it, um, you can use it as a sort of install piece of software on your machine, or you can just use it as a Chrome browser. So you can just quickly click on it in Chrome and you can record what you're doing. Um, so what we've started doing about, uh, in the last year is we, um, every time we're doing a proposal to, to a new client that we've not worked with before, or it's a sort of tender formal tender process, yeah. we record a, a 10 minute, we, we, the person who's written the proposal and done the sort of like thinking piece behind it, they write, they do a five to 10 minute loom video over the top of it. So when we send that to the client, they get uh, a quick, I think maybe some of the people on this call might've had that for me, maybe Emma, um, where we literally just, we obviously say thank you, it's specific it's me liam saying hi craig you know thank you for the opportunity as a first starting point and then you'll talk through and just sort of go look here's a couple of the points that we these are the things that we pains that we think we're solving for you or these are the these are the things the objectives we think you're trying to meet this is what we think is a good solution but you know if budget you know if budget's not quite there then talk to us and we could probably work it out or like sometimes we'll include optional ideas and that will sometimes we'll include things that we know other companies that compete with us can't do or don't do so we'll try and make rather than leaving the documents to do all that work we'll talk through that very very quickly or as quickly as we can i, I tend to take a lot longer than the others because i just ramble on a bit but we found the that yeah this our, our percentage success rate of the people who get those um is definitely is shot up i think we we were running to i think either an 80 or 90 percent success rate of those since we started doing those yeah that's good. um so yeah definitely worth um well i had the, i had yeah, i'm just put it in the comments I was at the conference in the States two years ago and there was a guy speaking and he was, he'd come all the way to America and he was actually from Bolton or something like that. He was sitting up that way. One of the best tips I got from him and I, and I started doing it in stock was after a discovery meeting with a new prospect, started sitting and recording a quick minute and a half WhatsApp and saying exactly the same. This is what we discussed. This is where I believe we can add value. Yeah. And yeah, my take-up rate on loans was massive. And I stopped. One of the things I said, as you're saying it, I'm going, why did I stop? I know it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why did I stop? But you, you've... Yeah, you've actually, but you've accidentally picked up on the entire me mentality of I think where marketeers or business owners, if you're driving marketing yourself or driving a marketing team, that's you've 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 hit the nail on the exact head there, Craig. It's just it's one of those things. The amount of things that you do like that, and we I've done, you know, we've all, I, we're just as guilty. We do it all the time where you have something that's working, something that worked well, and for some reason or another, you stop or you break the habit, and then you go, oh shit, why did I stop doing that? And I think it's that if then it's those types of activities that often when you're busy or uh, even like right down to the specific types of marketing tactic, if you're talking about like, have, you know, can I just, you do, if you talk to a marketeer and say, can I just chuck some paid campaign? Can, can I just chuck some paid, uh, pay, you know, pay-per-click ads to a service page on my website? And it might get me a couple of, it might get me some results versus you're going to do like a six month content strategy and write a load of downloads and white papers. And you're going to like, you know, the, it, the the things that take that little bit of effort or time will sometimes get you get just easily distracted away from with being busy with other stuff. They're the classic things where um, they're, they're all the things I think right now. Uh, they've been there all along, but now everyone needs to start thinking about pivoting into those. And some of them, like I said, they don't necessarily need budget. 
Um, you might need a bit of help on design, or you might need a, a bit. I mean, some some people we're right, we're writing those things for some people, but others are producing themselves. We're just designing them. Some yeah. people just do that in house. Um, I, I don't think right now production value should be the main focus for people. It's about um, it's about uh, getting yourself out there. So, like you know, same way if you're going to record videos through this sort of channel or, or use like a loom thing, it's going to, it's going to be you and sat where you are, wherever you are in a room, you can't really control that right now. So I don't think um, you're worrying about high production value for sort of general commentary and advice and tips and stuff. So just get it out there. Let's maybe bring it all together, mate. I got one final question for you, then I'll close this down. I think uh, we've been 45 minutes already, flown by. Sorry. So, so what three, if we are summarizing everything we've talked about, what three things should people be thinking about right now when it comes to marketing? Um, it's unique to everyone. I'm just going to caveat that with everything else I've said about marketing. I know because uh, you know I've, I've sat on a few of these where people have tried to give generic advice, and you can just see people curling into a ball where they're like, "This doesn't apply to me." So if that doesn't, if some of these things don't apply to you, I'm sorry. But I think the first thing I would be doing is um, I'd be doing as much as you can to talk to your customers um, uh, and asking them. What advice to everyone: talk to existing customers. Can talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's that's a generic one. Um, I think then it's about um, it's about your value add. So that that's and, and how you're um, how are you adding value over and above what you were doing before this all all this hit. Um, and so is that with content? Is it with training? Is it with webinars? Those types of things. That's where I'd be focusing my time on that. And we, we've developed. I mean, this isn't a plug, but we, we're working on something. And Andrew will know this because he was he's goaded me into it. Um, but we're working on like. Um, Internally at the moment, we've developed like um, a toolkit, I guess. It's not quite at that point yet, but where we've, um, it's, a, it's a workflow, like a PowerPoint workflow, where you start with all the different options of like audits, white papers, downloads, all those types of things. It gives you six metrics to, to, um, to validate what you're doing against. So I think that's like, is it, is it accessible? Is it credible? Is it, um, um, add value those sorts of things so it gives you like a, a set of things to work through um to validate what you're doing and then um it uh and then it gives you a worksheet to, to to map all that out for each individual piece of content you're going to do so if you if anyone wants if anyone wants that it's not gonna be ready for about a week but if anyone wants that then chuck it in the comments and we'll um we'll, we can send that out when it's ready um funny, mate. Was, there, was i supposed to do three uh, well, yeah, I think you've given more than enough during the course. I don't know if you've got a third one, but just give it your email address while you're talking. It's just Liam. Uh, I don't. I'll type Giles at Spin Dog Store. I'll, start, I'll type it in for you now. If right, then it's all right. People can take that and drop you an email. Oh, right. thing you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. No, it's, you got it wrong, but thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the sec it's the second one. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard with the three specific things. It's so really difficult at the moment, but hopefully the sort of the last three or four questions we've covered on marketing, they give a sort of general sense of the approach and where you should be um, I don't think you know if I was going to give specific tips it would be don't try and do you know don't try and do everything just just pick um, two or three things um, pick two or three channels I mean like with specific I got asked a specific question about social media the other day and it was like that you know do do my biggest bit of feedback to every single customer or client I sit down with is you're doing trying to do far too many things across far too many channels and you don't really have a purpose for each one. So like, you know, for example, with, that applies to whatever activity you're doing right now. So like pick, pick a few, one or a few things and do them really well and sort of get behind them. Um, 
Amanda, Amanda, Amanda's asked the question, but I don't quite understand what she means by the question, so I just put it on the direct message. So she's put, any thoughts on RE charities? I don't know if you know, Amanda, if she works for a charity, or does she mean oh, no, something like work for charities? But What's the question? Where is it? And she just put, if you look in the question, but she just, she's literally just put any thoughts on RE charities, so I don't know whether she works for a charity and she means what marketing they should be doing. Yeah. Do. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we do do quite a bit of work. We, yeah, no, fair enough. We do do quite a work for charities. I've got a few close family members who work for the 10 of us and a few people like that. Um, she's put, so she's called her up. I, I'm, works for City Hospice. Any thoughts on remarketing? That's such a broad question. I'm happy, if you want to jump on and like do a half an hour together, Amanda, I'm happy to do that and actually just listen to what you're doing now. And it's so, like I said, it's so specific. I agree. Um, I, I, I've seen, I, you know, we're seeing, I've seen a lot of charities putting content out there and they're, you know, they're struggling, their normal level of normal way that they're getting their income, which is sort of heavily event-based or heavily, heavily other people running their own sort of fundraising events. It's quite difficult. Um, but I've, we've, I've, we've definitely got a couple of clients are doing some interesting stuff there. So if you wanted to, let's and she said, thank you. So do that separately. Oh yeah, if you, yeah, yeah. Amanda, if you drop me an email, anyone else wants to drop me an email, I'll just type my email in. And I promised everyone who's joined today a free copy of one of the best books I've ever read. So uh, please do email me your email address, and I'll send you the PDF of Double Double, which for me was one of the best uh, books I ever read about a year or so ago. And I'm, I plan to reread it now. But um, Liam, thanks for joining us. Much appreciated. Um, uh, this is recorded, so I will share the recording, and we'll put it out as a podcast when we God. get to it in the next couple of weeks. Um, feel free to email me any questions if you fancy being a guest and doing this next week with me uh, do give me a shout I'm happy to do that um, Liam any final closing thoughts um, no yeah, sorry if I've waffled on it's uh, you know well, uh, you've got some value yeah you've got some value from that uh, yeah. and thank you for listening and obviously the obligatory stay safe I guess I'll just come back to Nicola's question she asked right at the beginning so what should leaders and SME business owners be doing about pension contributions this year don't stop. If you can it, don't stop. If you can increase, now's a great time to increase and buy cheap. And if you've got money sat in your business that you can't use for anything else and it's not going to be needed to get you through a crisis, I've never taken more business than I've taken this month from existing clients and in ISAs and pension contributions of the first year ever. I've already done mine for this tattoo, which never happens because I'm so busy looking after everyone else. I always do mine at the last minute, but I deliberately made an effort to throw mine in now. I've got it available because now's a great time to be buying and it would have been better two weeks ago, but um, and make sure you're getting advice would be my final thought on that. Um, yeah, I agree with Liam. Stay safe. Um, hope to see you on this soon. Um, and thank you again, mate. Much appreciated. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Business Secret Podcast and managed to take away some valuable tips and activities to help you in your business journey. This podcast is aimed at those about to start their self-employed life are already well into their time as a business owner or are interested in the business world of Wales. If you like this episode of the Business Secret Podcast, you can catch up on our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play. Every episode is available on our website on www.penguinwealth.com where you'll find a full transcription of each episode, useful links and a step-by-step process on how to download and keep any episode released. You can also download your free copy of our book, The Business Secret, direct from our website. Don't forget to leave us a review and a star rating on Apple Podcasts.